0: Welcome to this week's episode of the Stephen Perkins Program. I am Stephen Perkins, but more importantly, I am excited that you are joining us today on the Outset Podcast Network, whether you're joining through our website, OutsetMagazine.com podcast, whether you're joining through our RSS feed and listening that way, or whether you're listening through iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, however you're doing it, we're so grateful that you're here thanks so much for tuning in by the way those platforms you can hear not only this show but the other shows on the network including second look with benjamin green that comes out on tuesdays and the matt dallas show that comes out on fridays both wonderful shows probably much better than mine if i do say so myself uh also want to give some love to the the company that is making this week's episode possible and that is octopod octopod makes this line of portable charging solutions, so you never have to be without power again. And for this, for this show, for the listeners of this show, for the listeners of, of all the Outset podcast, you have the opportunity to get fifty percent off your order. That's right, for fifty percent less than the normal price. Your phone can never uh, die again, pretty much. Just go to octo-pod.com/outset and use the checkout uh, or the code outset at checkout i I want to talk today uh about a a lot of things really a lot of things i don't know it'll be the typical show link but we have a couple of stories to get through of course did not have a show last week and my apologies for that there were some circumstances that went into that but the important part is i'm here now and uh the two of you who listen are uh are are in for a treat so we're talking this week about a couple of things uh, rubio clinton uh, some of clinton's new scandals some of the things that just developed today including the uh, the new um, confirmation of loretta lynch um, so that's quite exciting but first i want to talk about obviously this is the time of the season if you're a college student like me uh, finals are coming up summer school is coming up if you're one of those crazy people going into summer school like I am. Let me just say real quick, I'm doing the two summer semesters. They are six week semesters, four days a week. So I get Fridays off two hours a day. I'm taking Spanish three and four because they decided that I need to be fluent in Spanish for some reason or some foreign language. So I'm taking Spanish three and four. And let me tell you, if, if, if anything were to kill me, I think this summer with Spanish this much might actually kill me. But by the end of the summer, I mean, in theory, I should be able to habla Espanol. But I mean, we'll we'll just kind of see what happens there. Anyways, so we're approaching finals. And, you know, I don't know, there's a whole range of emotions that come with finals. Either you're freaking out or you're calm. Some of you may be a little too calm. I think that's me. I'm like, I'm calm. It's fine. It's finals. It's whatever. I think I'm a little too calm. I think I'm a little too confident in how these finals are going to go. Um, but this is certainly a time where uh, some studying happens. You know, if you're one of those people who study like I am, of course, dad, I'm studying. But anyway, so th- this is this is kind of a stressful time on campus. I understand that. Um, but you know, I think you're gonna do well. I don't know who you are, I don't know who's listening, but I think you're gonna rock it. I think you're gonna kick butt and take names. Speaking of names, make sure you actually put your name on the test. That is an area that some people miss. This, I mean, this past past uh, past couple of or past year, this past couple of semesters. Has been pretty cool. I, I, of course, transferred here to Dallas, so I'm going to school here now. And uh, let me tell I, I love the new school. I'm a little disappointed today um, by some of the things that some of my classmates are doing at the school. And what they are doing is tomorrow, Friday the 24th, we are supposed to have a screening, or a showing, of American Sniper, the movie about Chris Kyle, the uh, the courageous American sniper in the Middle East who went above and beyond um, his call and protected this country in incredible ways as a, as a sniper. And, uh, and there are already, of course, protests because for some reason, for, for whatever reason, this movie brings a lot of controversy. People are saying it's anti-Muslim. People are saying it's uh, U.S. war propaganda. Um, you know, crazy thoughts. So now on campus, there is a petition going around, and as of yesterday, Wednesday, this petition had 44 signatures on it, which I, I, I thought was hilarious, 44 signatures, it's really cute, especially since our campus has like over 30,000 students. But that's fine, 44 signatures. And today, you know, maybe I spoke too soon yesterday because today, guys, they are up to more than 120 signatures. Oh, well, geez, that's that's still not that much, is it? Hmm. Their new goal, this is the best part about this, their new goal, because they surpassed their goal of like 100 signatures. So their new goal is 200 signatures because, you know, baby steps, right? So their new goal is 200 signatures. They have over 120. Oh, I'm sure they'll get their 200 out of 30,000 plus students. Anyways, I'm sure they'll get it. And then tomorrow, on top of this ridiculous petition, they are planning a protest outside the theater in which it will be shown. And uh, there's also plans in the work for a counter protest, but... The fact is, is that is that these these crazy people will be protesting because apparently, apparently, according to them, a university is not a place where different ideas should be present to them. They believe that this movie is too dangerous for the sensitive minds of college students. And this whole story has me really ticked off because, I mean, I I am disappointed um in my classmates. I'm not disappointed in my university. They are they are standing their ground and they're saying that it will show. And uh, I'll tell you what though, if if they end up caving and if they end up not showing the film tomorrow, I will be very upset because it shows a weakness in a country that is supposed to be about freedom of 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 speech and expression and you're supposed to have alternative views and on a on a university of all places a university is where we should be able to have a discussion about alternative views just because something just because there's something going on that you don't agree with does not mean that you have a right to be offended in this country we have no right against being defended or being offended Okay, you you don't get to you don't get to freak out and say let's ban everything that offends me, because as I said earlier, okay, you're offended by the idea of American Sniper the movie, fine, don't see it. I was personally offended by the idea of Paul Blart Mall Cop too. So you know what I did? I I didn't say, you know, let's let's ban this movie, let's censor this movie. I said I'm just. I'm not going to see Mall Cop 2 because I think it's it's a very poor attempt at comedy. And, you know, how many Mall Cop movies can you make? The primary uh, arguments from people on campus about this film have been, A, that there are security concerns. They believe that Muslim students will be um, will be targeted and attacked after people see this movie. I'll talk about that in a second. The second concern is that because it's a university-affiliated organization, there's student money being used to facilitate the showing of this movie. So let's talk about the first concern, the security concern. And I'll use some quotes from people that I've, that I've been talking with on Facebook who are, who are trying to tell me that I'm just a racist Muslim hater because I want to see this movie, right? They said that the, the danger is, quote, verbal violence, assault, or whatever. That's a direct quote. Verbal, viol- verbal violence, assault, or whatever. So the, the concern is that somehow, after a student on my campus goes and sees this movie, that they will come out of this movie a racist, Muslim-hating bigot and want to verbally insult, physically assault or, you know, whatever else Muslim students. That is how low these protesters think of their fellow classmates. They are saying, they are saying that we should not show this movie because the maturity level on this campus among students is so low that these people in the course of a what, hour and a half, 2-hour movie are going to be motivated to Physically and verbally assault other humans. That's what they believe is gonna happen. And to me, I just I don't understand that argument. I I I don't understand these hypotheticals that are such a stretch, that are that are so ridiculous. But that's what the, that's what they're resorting to. They're saying, oh, you know, this is just gonna, this is US propaganda. But what they what they never want to get down to is that this movie is is not anti-Muslim. I mean, you you could make the argument that this movie is is anti-extremist Islam. And if you want to make that argument, well, that so what? So what if this movie is anti-Muslim extremist? Shouldn't we all be against extremism? But you know they won't be brave enough to come out and say that. I mean, this is, like I said, I'm disappointed. As 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 students in a higher in 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 a, in a, in a university of higher education, your reaction cannot be to just have something banned because you disagree with it. That's that is so embarrassing. Not just to the university, but to you as a student. I'm embarrassed for the people protesting this movie because it shows that they can't behave like adults. You know, uh, th- this is this is how toddlers behave. Oh, I don't like something, so I'm going to make sure that no one can ever participate in it. You know, I'm not a big fan of, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of 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 like really vigorous working out like i don't know what, what, what's the big one the um the i don't know what anyways anyways i'm not a fan of of you know those uh those 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 garages that you go into and they do these really intense workouts does that mean i want to ban everyone from doing it does that mean oh oh i don't like you know i i don't like knitting and so i i don't think i don't think knitting should be legal but yeah, that's always the mentality of, of these social justice progressive people, and the mentality is always, oh, if if this is something that might hurt someone's feelings or might offend someone, we should just ban it and ruin it for everyone because apparently we can't be or we can't be adults and we can't have these intelligent conversations about this. I mean, that is what these people are saying. They're saying we are so fearful of a conversation about this movie and the topics that it covers that instead of, of, of inviting that conversation in any way whatsoever, we need to shut it down because of how fearful we are. That is what these people are doing. But you know what the good news is that this movie will continue to go on. I'm fairly confident in that. Um, I will be going to see the movie. Um, you know I might pay for 10 tickets just you know just for the hell of it anyway so 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 let's move on so we didn't have a show last week and my apologies for that but what we did have happen last week um, in in case you didn't see it we went on with redmillennial.com we've been doing this wonderful video series every week Uh, well pretty much every week yeah Um, on uh, called road to the white house and that is on redmillennial.com so I was on with them last week we talked about rubio uh marco rubio's announcement and hillary clinton's announcement and so um if if you want to kind of hear what was that like an hour and a half of of my thoughts on that you could go watch that video Uh, but i I do just want to talk real quick about kind of what's happened since these um announcements first of all rubio's announcement I, i was very impressed with a lot of people were saying that the the primary concern with Rubio's announcement is that he was too vague. He talked about this new American century, but he didn't really dive into specific policy uh, that he would do as president. I thought it was great. I, I, you know, I'm one of these people who think that in an in a announcement speech, this is the beginning of your campaign. And during the campaign, there's going to be plenty of opportunities to pe- for people to find out what you uh, want to do policy-wise. So I think for an announcement, while you should throw in some some general policy ideas, I, I think that um, him focusing on the broader picture of his campaign was incredibly smart. You have to set up that, that presidential visual, you have to set up the whole um, idea and vision around your campaign before you go into the specifics. And so I think that was a really good uh, move by Rubio, I, I think doing it in the Freedom Tower in Miami was... Um, an incredible visual as well. Rubio is a candidate who I, I've always been—I've always been interested by Marco Rubio. He is incredibly smart, incredibly well-spoken, and what I like most about him, and, and I think what stands out um, about him from the rest of the potential 2016 pack, is that he has an ability to connect with the crowd. He's very genuine when he speaks, very authentic and especially the younger crowds. Rand Paul and Marco Rubio really have kind of a hold on the younger crowds. I would say Marco more, because Rand somewhat has an issue of holding an audience, and, um, and some of the younger audiences, he, he tends to do better, but the older audience audiences, not, not as much. But Rubio really does well in, in any type of situation that you put him into, and so I'm really excited to see uh, kind of how he does as he goes around the country and, and talks with people. But he is now the third uh, Republican to enter in the race. And I think that, you know, from what we have so far, Cruz, Paul, and Rubio, this is turning out to be quite um, the incredible 2016 lineup. Obviously, we have Ben Carson getting in uh, supposedly in a couple of weeks. I'm not excited about that one. I, I I really like Ben Carson as a person. I think he's smart. I think he he's spot on on a lot of issues. I don't think... Um, he's the buffoon that we need on the national stage. And I say buffoon in a, in a very loving way. I just don't think that he's a realistic candidate. His campaign won't get far. Um, and, and he's already said some really controversial things um, that, that I don't think there's any recovering from. And it makes the Republican side look incredibly bad. There's also who else we have Mike Huckabee, who, um, who as you know is a has been, and he's starving for attention, and so he's trying to get back in the race and saying, look at me, I'm a, i I'm, I'm a little fatter, but look, I'm ready to be in the race, and uh, we, I, I think we need to send a message to to Mike Huckabee, uh, with hashtag Please Don't Run, because who ge- who gives a damn about Huckabee anymore? Really, who cares about Mike Huckabee anymore? He was he was he's a has-been you know his chance was in 2008 he screwed it up he could have run again in 2012 screwed that opportunity he's done stop the madness uh then of course there's jeb bush another has-been who's trying to get in the spotlight because oh my goodness look at him he's so relatable he eats pie in iowa although you know they they're now launching a contest who would like to have lunch with jeb i'd like to pie him in the face So if we can arrange that, that would be the only time, by the way, that I would ever donate to a Jeb Bush campaign is if I got the opportunity to pie that man in the face and maybe break a nose. I don't know. But so so we have all these candidates that are coming out. I think Rubio is an incredible um, person to have in the race. He's very smart. The thing that troubles me about Rubio and this is my libertarian side coming out. So please uh, excuse it if some of you are. Um. You know, this is your this is your trigger warning for some of you more moderate Republicans who think that we should control every country in the world Rubio has a very um, a very interesting foreign policy he believes you know in brief that we need to support Israel more I completely agree he thinks that we need to form a new strategic partnership with Japan to make sure that China's um, unauthorized land grabs are uh, will not go unchecked. I I think you know that's that's a noble pursuit. He wants to increase our presence in in South uh, America, and Central America, and work with our democratic partners there um, to make sure that um, some of these regimes, like the Chavez regime, uh, does not gain any more power. He's certainly weary of the Cuba deal uh, that has happened, and him and I kind of disagree on the Cuba situation, but. Uh, you know, for the most part, I, I, I think Rubio certainly has a lot of experience on foreign policy. He's very, uh, uh, especially the South American, Central American uh, foreign policy. He certainly understands that. I do not like um, how active he wants the United States to be. I, I want to see personally a a rollback in the amount of interference that we have around the world. And I don't think Rubio is the candidate who would Deliver that. In fact, I know he's the can. He's not the candidate who will deliver that. So I'm a little wary there. I do think that, uh, like I said, just getting out to the younger voters, getting out to non-traditional Republican voters, is something that he can absolutely do. So I'm excited to see what that has. And then we have a woman, who that actually sounded bad. Because, and then we have a woman. I'm not not saying that. Then we have an old, white, elitist woman who entered the race on the Democrat side. And her name is Hillary Rodent Clinton. I mean, Rodham Clinton. But Rodent also fits. Hillary Clinton announced with a video because, you know, there's no better way to personally connect with voters than through a YouTube video. Um, yeah, not sure about that one. And also Hillary Clinton's logo. Can we just talk about this for a second? It looks like she's directing people to the hospital. I mean, if you look at hospital signs on the roads that say, you know, a big H and then an arrow, that that's essentially Hillary Clinton's logo. It looks like it was designed by a toddler, although I do realize that that is somewhat insulting to toddlers. So I do apologize to all the toddlers who may be listening. Um, why would they be listening? I don't know anyways, so Clinton uh, announced in, in her video and she says, you know essentially, I'm getting ready to do something too. I'm running for president. Great, cool, so excited she uh she has already hit the road in a van tour because, you know, again, she wants to connect with everyday middle America voters. So she's going to drive around in a black Mercedes van that gets 14 miles to the gallon. Um, Yet for some reason, environmentalists support her. But, you know, I don't know. There's certainly hypocrisy there. So she's going around on this van tour and she's having these um, spontaneous meetings with supporters. And we have since found out that these spontaneous meetings that just so happen to be Uh, captured by a film crew that then puts those videos up on youtube Um, all these spontaneous meetings everyone who are everyone who is at these spontaneous meetings are screened there's only a limited number of people let in i mean whenever they go to these coffee shops she's literally closing down the coffee shops for the hour two hours that she's there and screening the people that she's going to talk to around the coffee shop table it's absolutely, I, I mean, from, from one standpoint, the strategy is incredible. I mean, you know, you control the message. Ted Cruz did the same thing with his announcement. It was, it was we're, we're going to go to, to a location where they would be uh, essentially forced to watch uh, the, the speech, which was a brilliant strategy. But Hillary's strategy of actually screening people who she meets is a strategy that dictators employ. Not so much presidential nominees, like when the dictator, you know, of 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 North Korea, goes and and tours these factories. You know, you know damn well that not every every factory worker is there. Right, they're screening people for who who's gonna best glorify our dear leader. That's what Hillary Clinton's team is doing, and so far her campaign has focused on. Let's talk about. Let's talk about the issues that matter to voters and not so much about Hillary Clinton as a candidate, because they know that if they focus on Hillary as a candidate, as a person, if they dig into her past, first of all, she doesn't doesn't have a record. She does not have a positive past. Anyone who says that Hillary Clinton has a record of leadership is lying through their teeth, or maybe they're talking about her record of poor leadership. Because Hillary Clinton certainly does not have an admirable record. So they're focusing on, on, on you know, on these superficial ideas of equality and, 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 you know, child care and health care. But they're not focusing on Hillary Clinton as a candidate. And I got to tell you, if, if I was a Democrat, I would be feeling very, very frustrated right now. Because, guys, y'all are alone. You have no talent on your side other than a former first lady whose husband cheated on her, who then went on to to be in the Senate and then vote for the Iraq War. That's the candidate that you have. You have no other choices. You have Martin O'Malley, who speaks like he has maple syrup constantly in his mouth. You have Lincoln Chaffee, Chaffee, I don't know, whatever who is a no-name. I mean, the only talent that you guys have on your side is Hillary Clinton. And if I was a Democrat, I would be embarrassed. I would be frustrated. And a lot of people are saying, well, let's get Elizabeth Warren in the race. Yeah, that. go ahead, do it. Let's let's see how that does. um was on Glenn Beck's show, and he said that the number one question he wants to see candidates in 2016 tackle is the simple question of, well, I say this simple question. It's a simple question, has complex answers. What should the government do? And he he made a good point. He said to have that debate between um, someone like Elizabeth Warren, who is essentially a communist, and Rand Paul, who is essentially uh, a, a light libertarian, would be a very interesting conversation. What should the government do? What should the government um, be in charge of? What should the government have under its wing? To have that conversation between, um, between a progressive liberal and a constitutionalist conservative would be an incredible discussion. And that's certainly what, I, what I'd like to see as well. But Hillary Clinton is, is not interested in having these discussions. I, I really will not, I would not be surprised if Hillary Clinton makes it hard for the Democrats to have any type of debate between her and any other Democratic candidate. I really think that we are going to see Hillary Clinton, um, or at least her campaign staff, making it tough to set up a debate with, between Hillary and, you know, whoever else on the left enters the race. And then when it gets time for Hillary to debate the Republican nominee or the presumptive Republican nominee, I think it's also going to be very hard. I, I, think, I think Hillary's strategy through this whole thing is manage it all, completely shut it down. I mean, the sad part is that Hillary has such a hold on the media, right? It's the liberal media. They love her. And yet she is still saying and still indicating that she's going to be a very tough person to to have access to. She did say just the other day, I think yesterday, Wednesday, she said that she does want the Benghazi committee to... Uh, hear her testimony as quickly as possible. She's certainly trying to get that out of the way before her campaign gets really rolling. Um, And then this new scandal came out yesterday. I don't know if you've heard it, but Rand Paul has kind of hinted at it. um, And he's kind of said that uh, there would be this new scandal coming out of the Clinton Foundation and regarding foreign money. What we found out so far is that, and and these reports are still unconfirmed and there's still uh, some digging into it, but I think You know, we'll be hearing about this throughout the 2016 election and quite honestly getting sick of it. But this new scandal says that during her time as Secretary of State, Hillary Clinton was um, in charge of business deals for the United States. And one of the things that she would do is these foreign companies or these foreign organizations that wanted to do business for the United States, she would essentially deny them business. But then, magically, if they, if if those groups or organizations were to make a donation to the Clinton Foundation, and then resubmit their bid to do work with the United States, magically, Secretary Clinton would approve those bids. So I I I think, um, and I hope Rand Paul really has some. Um, some facts to back this up but i think that that you are going to see uh some new developments coming out um regarding this there is a book um by peter Schweizer. it's called clinton clinton cash the untold story of how and why foreign governments and businesses helped make bill and hillary rich and it, it kind of goes into detail in this book but it, it, it's, very, it's very sad stuff. And it, and it raises the question, is Hillary for sale? And during the Red Millennial chat, they made a very good point. Hillary Clinton, um, if this is true, she's become a political prostitute. And I think, it, I, I think it's certainly uh, appropriate to say that. Clinton has become a political prostitute. She is for sale. And it's just a matter of who throws the most money at her. And that's very sad. But maybe an opportunity because here's the thing. Here's the thing, guys. Here's, here's the strategy that's going on within, within my cabeza, which is, you know, head, uh, I think. I'm pretty sure. I hope I'm not wrong. That would be embarrassing. What if, all right, y'all, what if the GOP and conservative PACs made a donation to the Clinton Foundation with the stipulation that she quit her campaign? Because we all know Hillary Clinton doesn't really care about becoming president. I mean, she certainly wants the power. But really, for Bill and Hillary, it's all about the money, baby. It's all about retiring in Boca Raton. Or actually, it would be Bill Clinton retiring in Boca Raton and parting with uh, underage women. It would be Hillary probably staying in New York or D.C. or something like that. But for the Clintons, it's all about the money. It's all about what can make them richer, what can make them more powerful. I don't think Hillary's really in this race for the White House. I mean, it's certainly something that she would like. But it comes down to the money. It really comes down to the money. So I th- I, I think I think it'd be brilliant for the GOP and conservative PACs. To come together and say, all right, Hillary, here's the deal. All right, we will make a donation to the Clinton Foundation, a donation, air quotes, if you drop out. She'd probably say yes. She'd probably say yeah. Get that money in our bank account, and I'm gone. So if the Koch brothers are listening, I know they're big fans of this podcast, but guys, if y'all are listening... Do us all a solid. Donate some money to the Clinton Foundation. Get this woman out of the uh, out of the race. And by the way, I, I should say, you know, the the argument if you did not vote for Barack Obama is you're a racist. Now the argument if you don't vote for Hillary Clinton is you're a sexist. I I would love to see a woman president. I think it will happen in my lifetime. Sure, it will. I mean, I have I have at least like fifty more years left on this earth. Certainly, that's time to elect a woman president. I just don't think that Hillary Clinton is the right choice to be the first woman president. I mean, do you really want the first woman president to be one of the most corrupt, and and sickening and disgusting women in the history of American politics? No, I don't think you do. And if you do, well, then you have an interesting set of priorities on your hand. But I, I don't think that's really what you want. So I talked a little bit about this book, Clinton Cash: The Untold Story of How, blah, blah blah blah, by Peter Schweizer. He is coming out supposedly with with another book this time targeting Jeb Bush. I'm on Bloomberg Politics right now and um, there is a possibility that uh, that Jeb's finances are a little out of line. And Peter Schweizer said, quote, what we're doing is a drilled down investigation of Jeb's finances, similar to what we did with the Clintons. So this is, this is, this is very good. This is very good because this means that we may have leverage against Jeb Bush. And a lot of people have been saying, you know, let's, you know, as conservatives, we shouldn't be attacking other conservatives in 2016, which I agree. But the problem is that Jeb Bush is not a conservative. He's a progressive. He's a moderate at best. He is not a conservative. I'm okay with attacking him. I want Jeb Bush's campaign to burn in flames. And it's not just because he's a Bush. It's because he's a terrible politician. I'm sure he's a great guy. You know, he has some cool looking spectacles, not as cool as Rick Perry's. But I, 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 really, I really would love nothing more than to see Jeb Bush's campaign and Hillary Clinton's campaign burn in front of our eyes. Because they are the absolute wrong people for this country. So Schweizer says that this is from Bloomberg Politics. Schweizer says that he and uh, a team of researchers have been poring over Bush's financial life for about four months. Among other things, they're scrutinizing various Florida land deals, an airport deal while Bush was governor that involves state funds and Chinese investors in Bush's private equity funds. Um, something that was written about previously. So th- this can potentially be a big deal for Jeb Bush. Um, if you don't already know, I am Jeb Bush's troll-in-chief. Every time he tweets, I get a notification sent to my phone. I kid you not. I got one during the course of recording this. Every time he tweets, I get a, a little notification sent to my phone, and then I, I, I ridicule him, and I'm usually the first to uh, to get that reply in because I don't know anyone else who in their right mind would set it up to where they're notified every time jeb bush tweets because who cares that much about him i just want to say real quick this episode is of course brought to us by octopod Octopod is an incredible company I used them this past weekend when I was at a conference in Pennsylvania my phone was DEAD dead and I was freaking out because man I cannot be away from this phone. So all I did I popped out my mobile charging solution from Octopod and I had my phone back in working order in just a matter of minutes. It was it was the simplest little thing that I had done that entire weekend. Um, other than like maybe brushing my teeth or something and sometimes that that's even a little tough. So this is what you can do. This is a very exciting promotion right now for the listeners um, of this show and any show on the Outset Podcast Network, whether you're listening to Second Look with Benjamin Green or the Matt Dallas Show, uh, both of which are also on the network. We have an incredible deal, 50% off your Octopod purchase. This is a big deal. That means for 50% less, you can make sure that your phone never runs out of power. All you have to do, it's the very, it's the simplest little clicks. All you have to do is click on to Safari or, or, or Mozilla Firefox or Chrome. Or if you're one of those weird people using Internet Explorer, all you have to do is go to octo-pod, O-C-T-O P-O-D, uh, pod.com slash outset o-u-t-s-e-t and then at checkout whenever it asks if you have a coupon code enter the code outset o-u-t-s-e-t o-u-t-s-e-t and you will get 50 percent off your purchase it is the simplest little click and it's all you have to do to make sure your phone never and i do say never runs out of power again not sure why i got a little southern with that but I did and it worked octo-pod.com slash outset use the coupon code outset at checkout for 50% off alright so let's kind of uh, let's wrap up the show here kids I want to talk with you about something um, about something that's going on in the politics world okay I want to tell you something really big John McCain is seeking re-election which probably isn't a shock to any of you because he's he's a power-hungry progressive who, who loves to hear his own voice. But there is a great alternative out there. And her name is Kelly Ward. And right now she is an Arizona State Senator. And our April cover story at OutsetMagazine.com, O-U-T-S-E-T-Magazine.com, is about Miss Kelly Ward, Senator Kelly Ward. And... Outside contributor Josh DeFord is the one who wrote it. He did an incredible job. He describes Kelly Ward as a conservative's dream and John McCain's worst nightmare. I do want to talk just a little bit because Kelly has not decided yet whether she would run. And, uh, and I, I, I want to be, um, for the first time on this program, I, I want to sincerely ask that Kelly Ward consider running because I, I, I think she would be a wonderful alterna- alternative to John McCain. I think we need fresh blood in the Senate um, and to dethrone the the, the the Republican prince that is John McCain should be a top priority, should be, well, let me rephrase, should be one of the top priorities of Republicans in 2016. The top priority, of course, should be taking the White House. But John McCain is a toxic force within the Senate, and I think he needs to go. And Kelly Ward is the person who I think... Um, who I think can do that, who I think can who really has a chance at beating John McCain. And so what I want all of you to do is go to outsetmagazine.com share the post that we have. It's the cover story, it's the first thing you will see on our homepage. Share the story, tag Kelly Ward in it, tag John McCain in it. Let him know that his competition is fierce. Uh, Let me me tell you what I love so much about Kelly Ward. She is not someone who wants to be a career politician. She is a a doctor, you know, she is a she is a doctor. She is someone who has served um, who has served the people of Arizona for a very um, not a very long time, but, you know, for for quite some time. And um, she has the experience needed to get into the Senate. And I think she would make a wonderful, a wonderful let's try to talk correctly this morning a wonderful alternative to john mccain and so i encourage you and go and share that store on outsetmagazine.com make sure to tag us at outsetmagazine we're on facebook.com outset outset network i am of course on twitter at Stephen_Perkins underscore perkins on facebook.com slash steven perkins that's Stephen with a ph don't get it wrong And until we speak again next week, make sure to like and subscribe to this show on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher, whatever you fancy. But until we speak again next week, take care, God bless, and have a great one.